us this morning. Jim and Julie Hansen, my brother-in-law and his wife, are here from Tanzania, Africa, to share with us what's going on in Hope of the Nations. You might have noticed the little uh, bulletin board display that they have over there. Uh, you're welcome to, to take some of the material from there. They have a, a flyer, which has a really great picture of them on the inside. If you haven't seen that yet, I just think that was, that was a great picture. And some business size cards, so you can take those and you'll have their contact information in there, and that's, that's great. I don't want to waste any of their time by delaying this, so let me do this. Let me just introduce Jim and Julie Hansen. Uh, you don't have to go up there if you don't want. We, we, we gave you long cords, so you can walk around and give you one. And Jim, there you go. Okay, don't so feel like you have to stand over here, too. You can walk. Okay, we'll, we'll move around. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to kind of tag team today. Um, before we get started, the first thing we're going to do is show a video, but we want to say something first. Um, we are missionaries in Tanzania, Africa, as Scott said. Um, but you guys are missionaries right along with you. And we want you to know, as we were praying about coming, um, the Great Commission just kept coming over to our minds over and over again. And it says, go and make disciples of all nations, teaching them all I've... Um, oh, now I'm going to read them. Teaching them all I've commanded you and baptizing them in the name of the Father, and I will be with you always. And it says go, and I think um, something that people think is oh, if I don't go somewhere away, I'm not a missionary. You can go next door. You can go to your office. You can go next town, or you can go around the world somewhere. You guys go with us. Um, and we are so grateful for you because we know we can count on you. You have supported us from the beginning. You've been our prayer partners. We know that if we have needs, we can come to you, and you we know that you're faithfully praying for us. So everything that we're going to show, our video, and that we're going to talk about, you guys are full partners in that. When Jesus is rejoicing, the angels are rejoicing because of what is happening in Africa. They're rejoicing over what you are doing, and you have every bit as much to do with what's happening as we have to do. We are all partners in this together, and we just wanted to say thank you to you guys for what you mean to us and what you've been doing as part of the work with us in Africa. Um, so I think... We'll show the video first, and it gives a little overview kind of of the ministry, and then we're just going to go back and forth and share some things about what we're doing and maybe a few stories, and then if there's time, maybe some questions. So, Bob. And with a new generation that would grow up um, learning to speak English because the influencers in this country all speak English, and if a person wants to be a person of great influence, in Tanzania, they need to know English. And so we started an English medium primary school. And the children there will be able to get a great education. They will learn English, but not just that, but they will know who Jesus is and they will know who they are in Christ. And so we will raise a generation of influencers. But those who influence with a biblical perspective, and that is what is gonna bring hope to this nation. So in Kamala, which is uh, just outside of Kigoma, where we are based, we have a training center. And at the training center for right now, our primary school meets there, and our kindergarten or preschool meets there also. And they're both English medium. And we have some 
excellent young teachers. But we also have our vocational training schools there where we teach uh, jewelry making and bread baking and uh, sewing. And we've had classes for literacy. Some of the young moms who have never had a chance to go to school, they don't even know how to write their own name. They can't read or write Swahili. They can't read their Bibles. So we have had literacy schools so that they can learn to read and write. And we have had English schools for some people who want to learn English to help them in business and that kind of thing. We have um, micro businesses. Uh, we help them get started in like maybe purchasing a sewing machine or a charcoal oven that they use to bake the bread. Also at the training center is a, a small shop we call a duka. And this shop, people are able to walk up from outside the training center and people can buy jewelry and clothes and purses and things that the women make. And all the proceeds go to help the families of those ladies. We're excited about the future and it's, a, it's not a quick fix, but it is a long-term solution, raising a new generation that is going to value Christ and the Word of God, and that will be the basis for the decisions that they make in life, and that will, as they influence other people, Christ will have influenced them, and that is what is going to bring hope to this nation. We can see again. Okay, uh, some of you have seen us before and have heard Harold and Connie talk, or have heard Janet and Scott share some things since from their trip um, a few years back. Um, but some of you might be new and not know who Hope of the Nations is or what we are. So I'm going to give you a very quick, brief kind of overview intro. Um, Hope of the Nations was begun probably 10 years ago. Well, it wasn't 10. Um, the founders started out with YWAM. Um, wanting to do a ministry that put a boat out on the lake. Um, their original intention was to do what's called a mercy ship, which would go down and provide medical care. Well, the group that had planned on doing that ended up pulling out, and our founder felt like God was saying, no, you need to stay here. And so because you have to have an organization in Tanzania in order to stay in the country, Hope of the Nations was formed. Um, and it started out... Um, God brought a bunch of little street kids. Uh, one of the things, as you could probably tell by the video, um, this is a very, very poor country. Um, there are children that are abandoned, street children as young as two years old, living on the streets, fending for themselves. Um, thousands of them around the country. And people would, little, these little children would come up to the gate of the house, and they would be looking in to see what was going on with those strange white people. And so they were invited in, and the first couple of weeks, there was probably 19 children, and they were brought in and um, played games with them. We sang songs, um, a Bible story was told, and then they were given some food. And each week, they were invited back, and those children um, became the basis of what we began called Kids Club, teaching little children to know who Jesus is. And from that, today there are about 14 to 15 clubs going up and down the lake um, and reaching about between 2,000 plus children every single week. 
um, that are ministered to and are told about who Jesus is and who they are in Jesus, that there is somebody who loves them, especially these street kids who don't know the love of a family or the love of a parent. And so that's where it began. Um, as Harold mentioned in the video, we really have a two-pronged purpose. It's to um, disciple um, our nationals. We want them to be able to reach their own people. Um, if something were to happen and for some reason all of us got kicked out, they need to have the tools to be able to teach and preach and reach their own Tanzanian people um, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so at one end of the spectrum is the Bible college that he talked about. Um, young men and now women, it's very exciting to see some women coming to the Bible college. Um, and they come for three months at a time. And the, one of the reasons for that is some of these people need to go back and try and earn some money to keep their family being able to eat while they're gone. And so they come for three months at a time, then they go back home for three months, back again, and they do a two-year program that gives them a diploma in biblical studies. They're taught how to study the Bible, um, how to learn for themselves if truth is being told. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum is our primary school, as, as was mentioned. But just one thing, um, this is a great country where people are very open to the gospel. That's part of their uh, culture is hospitality. It doesn't matter who you are. If you knock on their door, well, you don't knock on the door. You just yell out, howdy, and that means I'm here. <laughs> and so they'll have you come in. That is, it would be very rude for them not to invite you in. So you can go in and completely preach and tell them about the word of God, and they are very receptive to that. But at the same time, going hand in hand with that, is um, the aspect that if you are especially a white person or if you're a person in authority, they believe whatever you say. So I could be feeding them garbage and they would say, oh, okay. And so one of the things we really try and do is teach them to study the word of God. Is what somebody is telling you truth? So that they're able to then go back and teach biblically sound truth to their villagers. Um, it's very exciting to see and... Jim's going to talk about some, okay. some of the ways that's played out. So I'm involved in the uh, boat ministry is one of the ministries that I have. And Kigoma, the town that we live, is, live on, is, in the, is on the Lake Tanganyika. Lake Tanganyika is the longest lake in the world. It's 420 miles long, which is basically from San Jose to San Diego. So you can understand that along that lake, there are lots and lots of villages. Most of these, the only way you can get to them is by boat. So we have a 40-foot boat. We actually use Google Earth to go on Google Earth to find villages that are listed there. We get the coordinates from Google Earth. We then program them into the boat, into the navigational computer, and then, that, then go to the village. One of the things that I was kind of hesitant about with the ministry is the fact that every time that I am in the States and on a boat, I get seasick. <laughs> so I'm thinking, here I am going to be the captain of a boat, but if this is the cross that I must bear, I will go. <laughs> One of the villages that we targeted this year is Makuyu. Now, Makuyu is a village of probably about 5,000 people. So we got the ministry loaded, and we went to the, to the village. When you get to the village, the first thing you do is you go find the chairman of the village. You talk to him, tell him what you'd like to do, we have never not been told, no, you can't do this. And we'll always come back with the ministry. Well, 
I was on the boat as the nationals were talking to him, and for two days I have never been in as rough water as I was there. In fact, I have been on boat trips all summer, and I have never even got a twinge of being sick. So the Lord does do marvelous things. It's something that I can't do myself, and there's many things in life that we can't do ourselves. But if we give it up to God, he will take care of it. So when one of the, after our missions class at the Bible College, we took the students to Makuyu, went to the door-to-door -door ministry. As Julie talked about, you go near a door, they want you to come in and talk. And so we actually made every house in the village that we went to. When one of the homes was a, was a man with his family, and he accepted Jesus. Connie was so excited that she went to get one of the pastors. and said, would you come while we baptize this person? The pastor went to the man and told him, he says, they're going to leave tomorrow. What are you going to do when they're gone? Because you didn't come to my church. So what are you going to do? So based on the fact of discipleship, we're not just going to go down with a big ship show them everything of the gospel, and then leave them. So some of our college students that have graduated, two of them actually have gone down to the village of Makuyu. One actually has moved his family there at the village. Another one, because he needs to support his family, works as a guard in one of our, in our, at our Hope of the Nations, and then on the weekend gets in a little what we call a dala dala, which is a taxi, which you would understand. It's a mini bus that probably has around 30 people in it, and maybe a goat, a couple chickens, or whatever. So he goes that for a little portion. Then he gets on the local boat, which is like a wooden fishing boat that you would think would be in Jesus' times. Totaling about 12 hours is his trip that he takes every weekend to go down to do, a, to do church on Sunday for them. It's amazing how when you give the, give the knowledge of Jesus that they are so looking for, that they want to tell everybody that they come across that ministry. So we have just loved the fact that this boat can go down, reach the people, and then following with what we said, the Tanzanians want to go down and continue reaching and discipling the ones that we meet. Um. It's great to see, as Jim said, two of our graduates do this. Um, sometimes it's more than 12 hours. You can imagine on that lake, as Jim has said, is very rough. Um, they spend an entire day. Um, if the boat isn't going, then they get left off and they have to hike several hours over the top of a mountain and down. And this is, none of these people get pay. They're doing this because they love Jesus and they want to see their country reached. Um, it's really exciting to see. Um, on the other end of the spectrum, like we talked about, is a primary school. And I just want to talk a couple of minutes about it. It's, we just love the little children. Now, that's not my ministry. I'm not a little child's person. Um, but I love to see, yeah, he is. But I love to see the results. And God had given a vision several years ago that that was a way to reach this country was through our children. As they grow up and they know who Jesus is and they get a good education, Maybe some of those kids are going to be in government someday. 
Maybe they're going to be a teacher themselves. Maybe somebody's going to be a pastor. Um, but if they don't have the education to move ahead, they're never going to have that opportunity to influence their country. Um, and so um, the little, uh, I guess where the Duca was, where they showed the little kids being ministered to, there's four little classrooms. And we are maxed out this year. We have kindergarten, first, second, and third grade, four classrooms. Um, for the government to approve us as a government school, we have to have additional classrooms in fourth grade. They have something called a national exam. Um, think like the SAT test. If everybody had to take that, they have to do that at fourth grade, at seventh grade, and then when they, before they graduate. And um, in order to do that, you have to be registered. Um, so we had been praying, God, we, we don't want to abandon these children. We've had them for the first few years. How are we going to continue to prep these children um, to love Jesus and to be able to have places where they can make a difference in their culture? And so God opened the doors and provided two beautiful pieces of property right next to each other. And then um, somebody had told us about this ministry here in the States where if you apply and are approved, they send over engineers and architects and surveyors for free to do all your plans. And so we um, applied and were approved. And this summer, a team of 12 people from all over the world who are professionals came and did all of our plans. We have architectural drawings. We have all the blueprints that we need, all the construction plans, all the costs, materialists, everything done for free. Um, and so our next step, if you would be, this is a huge prayer. We are now in the process of getting registered with our government. Um, and so in the next several months, in fact, before a year from January, January of 2015, we have to be ready to open a fourth grade so they can take that national exam. And in order to do that, we have to have a classroom built on our new property to house fourth grade. So it's really exciting to see what God's doing. And just a little thing about our, our school. Um, I had said there's a lot of street kids. We wanted to have a place for the, un, um, for the forgotten, for the unloved, for those who would never have an opportunity to go to school. You have to pay to go to school. Um, the government says they have free school. Well, the schooling might be free, but you have to pay for your uniform. You have to pay for your desk. You have to pay for your chair. You have to pay for every piece of equipment that you use. And so the number of children that will be able to go to school is very small. The average income for the entire country is about $200 a year. And school costs about $50. And that's in US dollars. So you can imagine if you have eight or 10 children, how many of them are going to be able to go to school? Almost none. And of course, if you're an orphan and living on the street, you're, you have no money. And so about 70% of our children are street kids and orphans. Um, we provide them with a uniform. They get two hot meals a day. Um, which is the only food they have to eat, and then they are taught all day. Um, Karen, Jim's other sister over there, actually just spent almost a whole month with us, the month of September, along with Jim's parents. Um, and it was really great to be able for people in our family to see firsthand some of the things that are going on. And one of the things that people always remark on are these little kids, you know, that stand this high and haven't learned a word, don't know a word of English, they don't have parents that love them, but now they are clean and they're coming to school and they know who Jesus is and they are learning English. By the time they get to third grade, everything that they do is taught in English. And that doesn't happen in the public schools, only high school is taught in English. 
So you can imagine going from kindergarten through seventh grade, all in Swahili, and then you get into high school, it's voila, you must now speak English. But they don't know a word of it. So we're trying to change that um, so that those kids will have a great foundation in English and give them a boost that's going to put them above the rest of the kids. Um, and so that's our big prayer for this next year, is that we would first all off get um, favor with our government so that we can get registered and then that um, God would continue to provide so that we can start to build this school and see the difference that it's going to make in kids' lives. One of the things I saw was the fact that like the pastors and, and the kids club leaders, they don't get paid. It's all volunteer. And so once they graduate, and if they go to the village to become a pastor, they're usually not going to have, make enough money to where they can live and support their family. So being in construction all my life, I decided why not do a trade school and teach them some of the things that they would be able to learn. Well, the Lord is now blessing us with the fact that we'll be able to start building a primary school. Ha ha, I've got a classroom. It's a primary school that we're going to be able to teach them all everything that they want to know to be able to experience it. It's amazing that how much they want to learn, but don't have the opportunity. And that's the one thing that we as Hope of the Nations really want to provide for these people is the opportunity to learn so that they can pass it on to the other ones around them. Can you talk about the construction school? Well, the, and the, well, the construction school, a lot of it is because over there it's all built with bricks and concrete and some wood. So we basically, take on the people to come to turn to train to learn how to make bricks to learn how to do that but the one thing that me and Shakuru who is the national that works with me decided is that the most important thing is not that they learn construction is that they learn Jesus so one of the things that we started from the very beginning is that we do have a Bible study in the middle of the construction day it's very hot they also get tired but why not give them what they really need which is Jesus and that's one of the things that we really love is the fact that they not only get to tr learn a trade but they also get to learn about Jesus um, I think one of the things we want we want to leave some time for questions we have no idea what the timing is um, after we're done but I wanted to tell a personal story about somebody actually he was one of the young men featured pretty prominently in the video um, his name's Dowdy he's about 22 years old, and when we say somebody's about some age, most people are born in a village. There's no such thing as a birth certificate. They're out in the middle of nowhere, and so many of them do have no idea how old they are. Um, Dowdy, when he was about six or seven years old, his father um, had left his mother, gone to another place to get a job, married another woman. She gave him AIDS. He left her and came back home, gave AIDS to Dowdy's mother, and they both died leaving Dowdy at seven years old with three younger brothers and sisters completely orphaned. Um, I know that God had Dowdy picked out from the beginning that he was going to take his life and make something of it. At seven years old, he took care of his three younger brothers and sisters. They scrounged on the garbage dumps, um, picking up what food other people had discarded, and kept those children alive. When he was about 11 years old, um, he heard some kids talking about a place where they could go, a kids club, and he didn't know what that was, so somebody said, well, come with us. So he came over to the Hope of the Nation's place where kids club was and heard for the first time about this person called Jesus and somebody loves you. 
And so he kept coming back week after week, wanting to know, there's somebody out there who cares for me. He had been left an orphan at, I mean, you can imagine at seven years old being a parent to three younger children, and accepted Jesus and kept coming. And, but he started coming every day. Well, Kids Club is only once a week. And he would just come and hang out, and he'd look around, and he'd see, oh, there's, those bushes need to be trimmed. Or there's weeds, and he would handpick weeds. Or, oh, there, that dirt looks really bad, and he'd sweep the dirt. And he kept doing this, and we were looking at him thinking, who is this kid that keeps coming around and is seeing things to do? And so we thought, this is a kid that can really be used. And so he was taken under the wings of one of our nationals and discipled and trained. He then became what's called a kids club leader, where now he's teaching other kids. Um, his story goes on. One of the cool things is Dowdy has gone through every step of the programs we have. He became a kids club leader. He, um, we ended up paying for him to go to secondary school. He graduated from secondary school. Um, because there's a lot of corruption, um, you really only can pass this national exam if you pay for it, if you pay a bribe to get somebody to pass you. Well, so we don't, don't pay bribes, and so Dowdy didn't pass, and he was like, what am I going to do? And he felt like God was saying, go to the Bible college. So Dowdy is now in his last year of Bible college, and he goes out every week. Not only he's paying for his sisters and, two brothers and sisters to go to school, um, he works with kids clubs every week. He goes out on the villages and shares his faith. He's reaching out to other street children like him who don't have somebody to love them and tries to help feed them and bring them in. And his goal is, oh, he's also in the construction school and is learning a trade. And his goal is he just wants to tell people about Jesus, somebody who rescued him from a life where he probably would have died um, had not somebody come in and stepped alongside of him. And so he's just a great testimony of somebody who now is going to be reaching out and duplicating himself, which really is what ministry is all about. It's discipling somebody so they can reach and disciple another, and they can reach and disciple another. And um, just a great little story about Diody and his heart. I mean, here he is, probably one of the poorest people around, and we had a camp last year. And a team had come from the States, and they brought 100 T-shirts, and they were going to give them as prizes for anybody who they had a challenge memorizing. I can't remember exactly what it is, but I think it was an entire, maybe the entire book of Colossians. And, they, you know, 100 T-shirts. You would think you'd have plenty of T-shirts. Well, they had over 100 kids that memorized this. Some of the kids left early, but by the time they handed out these T-shirts, there was not enough. And there was one little kid who came back and he was crying and crying because he didn't have a t-shirt and people were scrambling around, what are we going to do, what are we going to do? Dowdy reached off his back, pulled the t-shirt that he had been given and he said, here, take mine, I don't need it, and gave it to this young boy who had gone through and memorized the verses as well. And I think that just demonstrates what God does. He can change a heart, he can change a life, and through Dowdy, he's changing lives around there in Tanzania. So... Thank you for your guys' support, for your prayers. Um, we wanted to open a little time if anybody has questions kind of about what we do or what it's like or um, interest. Yeah. This is not. Um, I actually spied this in a store in Dar es Salaam because I want to take it back and teach this to them. This is a, actually a very, it looks complicated, but it's, it's Tanzanian. It's from... 
made by a group of women in another area. But this is one of the things is we do teach them to make jewelry. And this is a new design that I will be teaching when I go back um, for some of the women. So, and just on that jewelry making, it seems a small thing to make a little necklace that you might sell for 75 cents or a dollar. But there are so many women now who are able to do that and are selling their jewelry in the villages and are actually supporting their families with this, who have gone from being completely destitute to now being able to actually go to a market and buy food and feed their children. So it's very exciting to see. Well, there's, yeah, there's two things. One is AIDS, the other one is malaria that takes most of the lives there. The AIDS is mostly, like anything, it's education. That's one of the things we really like to tell them is education. Because sometimes you see where the United States has come and thrown medicine, just give them medicine to try to keep their life going, but it doesn't change them. So they're still going out with the philosophy that you know, if I have sex with seven virgins, I'm going to be cured of AIDS. And so there's still that there. So it's like the whole, whole country, it's education that needs to take place. Um, yeah, we're not comp very much involved with the AIDS, trying to cure that, or, but we do have a nurse that goes out and teaches um, how to keep from passing on AIDS. Like, AIDS. Um, like Jim mentioned about the sleeping with seven virgins, that is very much what witch doctors have taught in villages, that that's the way that you cure AIDS. And so you can imagine what that's doing. A man, a man that has AIDS goes out and finds seven young women and has sex with them, and it just continues to spread. Um, it's not spreading as much as it used to, but huge numbers of our orphans, that is the reason why they're orphaned. Um, malaria is the, another one, and of course the infant mortality and um, death during childbirth are still, um, the numbers are very, very high. Um, if you go into a clinic, um, <laughs> what they would call a hospital, I use that term very loosely, um, medical care again, nothing is free in this country, you have to pay for anything. So if you can't afford it, when you go into a clinic or a hospital, there's just open rooms with beds lying on them. Most of the beds are just a metal table. You have to provide a sheet. Um, you have to provide your own food. You have to provide your own water. Um, if you're coming in, for instance, for surgery, they give you a list of all the things that are needed, a scalpel, maybe um, needles, um, IV medicine. They give you a list and you have to go buy it before you come back and can have whatever your need is needed. Well, you can imagine how little help that they actually receive. And if you don't have family members or somebody who can come and feed you, um, I mean, you can imagine having a sickness here and going to the local hospital. Well, they bring you food, they bring you water, they care for you, they do things. There is none of that. It's all up to you. And if you don't have that, um, you don't get the care. And so that's another contributing factor to so many of the women um, 
especially women, but men and women die. Um, the average life expectancy is about 48. Um, so I should be dead. <laughs> um, I, we are old people in Tanzania. We are very old to them. They're just, oh. They're not used to seeing people who look young but are as ancient as we are. <laughs> Did you ever um, think with the jewelry that you make out there and stuff to send some out here so we can sell it and send you the proceeds of it? We have done that. Um, I think in the past they've brought some here. Um, I did bring some stuff back for our home church who's having a Christmas boutique that they asked for. So yes, we do that sometimes. We don't do it a lot, and here's one of the reasons. We, we want to train these people, whether it's jewelry making or sewing or baking bread, we want them to be dependent on their earnings coming from their own villages. If they're dependent on their money coming from the states, what happens if something happens to us and we have to leave? Then they have no market in which to sell their products. And so while we do do some of that and can make that available if somebody's interested, we really do try to make it homegrown, that they're making products from Tanzanian products and selling it to a Tanzanian marketplace. The boat, yeah, well, the boat's been actually functioning since we've got it for about two years now. And in that time, we have gone to around four or five villages. We actually have four villages in our computer system that are targeted, village one, village two, village three, <laughs> village four, that we have not been to. Now, these are villages that are probably the most is 14 hours on our boat away. We figure to go from where we are to the bottom of the lake is around a 42 hour boat ride. What's the longest lake? Like second longest. longest. Yeah, it's also the second deepest lake in the world. But it's also, it's, so there is plenty of opportunity for the future. And it's like I said, the Lord's got the mission work there. We just bide in his timing for what it would take because, like you said, you don't want to go a lot of times. In fact, I'll tell you, we took the youth to a village just outside, the, uh, outside of Kigoma. And they were going to minister for two days in a seminar. And there was five churches in this area, which is you figure they've been churches planted that these churches would be fine. So Peace, one of the uh, young men, started preaching in one of the churches and at the assembly and he started preaching about grace and all five pastors of the five churches said what is grace we have never heard of this so which case they spent the rest of the seminar on grace so you can understand that if you go in in these villages that they need discipleship because if they only get a partial they might tweak in a little bit of witchcraft with it they might tweak in a little bit of Muslim with them. Uh, Kigoma is 85% Muslim. Most of the villages that we go to on the lake are 90 to 98% Muslim. So unless you can disciple them and give them a good foundation in the word, you will get variations. And part of the um, 
reason we do have only done four or five villages now is we want to be able to have somebody that comes graduates from the college be able to go down on their own and reach them and um, and so we, as we said we've got two of them that have started doing that and making weekly well, one of them makes weekly trips one of them actually moved their whole family to a place where they knew nobody so that they could minister and start um, a work of training and discipling um, Camoro, that's his name. We were trying to think of the guy's name that graduated. That's his name. Um, and so we do very slowly, and we want to make multiple trips. We don't want to go in and say, here's the word of God. Now that you've heard it, goodbye. We want to have long-term relationships with these villages. And so these Bible college students and people that come in the summers, um, which I'll just mention, Hopefully, again, we're going to have family and others who might be interested coming back. Um, we have visitors that come all during the year, most in the summer, because that tends to be here in America. Schools are out and people take vacations in the summer. We'd love to invite you guys to put, maybe put together a group or just a few people and come out and see what we're doing. It is a lot of fun. Um, it's definitely different, <laughs> um, a different uh, culture. Um, but one where you can see firsthand what's going on. Um, Janet Scott and Karen could all give their own impressions of what it's like, um, but it's something different than working here, and it's, I think one of the cool things is seeing how God works in different cultures and in different communities. Um, and so... If that's something that maybe in the future you guys would pray about and think about and possibly do something that, we'd love to host you to come out sometime. One of the things that's done during that is we take teams down to a village and ask people either to go door to door or um, to do things like Good having talk. a pastor or a teacher um, do seminars, which is basically just where you do a teaching and helping. Uh, we teach grace over and over and over so that they relearn it and relearn it. Um, kids club? Yeah, Makuyu, we uh, went four trips this year on the boat with that, taking teams, and one of the teams that came from the States went there and we started, uh, did a BBS, which is kids clubs, and that kicked off the start of kids club in that village. So many trips, many times the experience and to see the kids and to teach and even doing uh, pastor seminars in the village. <laughs> Thanks again. We just want to say again. Thank you. <laughs> we want to pray over Jim and Julie and bless them. So come on out here. Craig and Jamie, why don't you come on up? Let's have some people. Come on up. Let's see. Also, am I going to have a Sally, why don't you come on up? Anna, why don't you come on up? We'll just get a smattering of people. And everybody else, move up and move forward. <laughs> We're going to pray over them. Johnny, come on up here. We want to pray that God opens all the doors that they need for the government, for the registration of the school. We want to pray continued health over them. They have both had malaria. Uh, Jim had sepsis recently and almost died. So they definitely need prayer covering and prayer protection to do what they do. And we just want to pray a complete blessing over them. 
We also want to let you know that next week, Thanksgiving Sunday, we're going to take a special offering. So this gives you, you get to hear from them. And would you pray about it this week? We're going to take a special offering, and that offering money will be sent directly for their work in Tanzania. And so this is really exciting. So, Johnny, why don't you, you start off and pray, and then just hand the mic to someone. There you go. Lord, we come before you collectively. We thank you that you are a good God. There's never a time that you're not a good God. In spite of who we are, Lord God, you are awesome. You are awesome. Jesus, you said, Father, you're in me, I'm in you. I'm in them and they're in me. So everywhere we go, we go together, God. So we thank you for that. Thank you that you brought these two to share this amazing story. That's still going on. That'll continue on till the very day the trumpet is blown. Till the very day that you come to receive us home. The work's still going to be going. And I thank you, Lord God, that from the north to south, the east and the west, that you bring in what is needed for, for everything that they do, Lord God. We thank you, Father God, that the thousand hills are yours, the cattle on the thousand hills, the galaxy's yours, and it's still going. <laughs> It's still going. God, we either believe that you are who you are. And today, Lord God, we have these missionaries testifying of who you are. A good God. Always a good God. Thank you, Lord God, that you remind us of the believers around the world that are relying on you for everything, Lord God, for everything. And I thank you, Lord God, that what a blessing. What a blessing. Lord God, that you cover them. I know that they pray, but our, our, our prayers collectively, that you cover them, Father God. I thank you, Lord, for a supernatural miracle. I thank you, Lord God, for the supernatural that goes with them, before them, always surrounding them. The angels that are encamped about them, Lord God. I thank you that no evil that comes against them will prosper, Lord God. No word formed against them will prosper, Lord God. No evil or calamity will come near or befall the dwelling places. And I thank you, Lord God, that greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. And we thank you for that, God. And I thank you, Lord God, with great authority. With great authority everywhere they go. Because you go before them. And because you are with them, then who can stand against them? And we thank you for that, Lord God. We thank you for the, just such a blessing. Father God, we just come to you right now, Father God, with everybody's putting their hands on them right now, Father God, because prayers are powerful, Father God. We're all here to to pray over them, Father God, and to bless them in their in their walk, Father God, and to make their walk to be stronger in you, Father God. Bless them with the Holy Spirit in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ, Father God. We cover them with the armor helmet of salvation, Father God, and and thy breast shield over them, Father God, that you would breathe over them, Father God, in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ. We claim over protection over them wherever they go, Father God, that doors will open them for them, Father God, in the name of my Lord Jesus Christ. Keep continuing blessing in their walk to be stronger, Father God, that you would breathe on them, Lord Jesus, and guide them and show them signs with your eyes, Father God, that they would be um, great apostles, Father God, in Jesus' name. We give you praising and glory and honor. Amen.
Thank you, Lord. I just praise you, Father, because, Lord, you have provided people to be fathers to the fatherless and parents to the orphans and husbands to the widows, Lord, that, Father, you love the unlovely and you love the people of this world, Father, who are your children. We're all your children, Lord, and and in the smallest, deepest corners, Father, you care about the little child who is collecting on a garbage heap, and you love the woman who cannot provide for her family. So, Father, you tell us to go. You tell us to go, and you tell us to be your feet and to be your hands and to love the way you love. So, Father, I pray a special blessing over these that you have sent to do those things in your name, Father, that, Lord, that they will see this generation of children come up and do great things in your name. Father, they will see that your power is, is not just in the great cathedrals and in the great houses of this world, but that your power is in the hands of a small little child and a young man who gives a shirt to another. Father, that your love and your power are in and available to all who seek you with a pure heart. Father, I pray that they see, they see their work come back to, to fruition and to maturity in those that they're working with, Father. Lord, let doors open. Let your work be done in the lives of these people. And Father, I pray that we don't forget that, Father, we will continue to lift the, this couple up, that, Father, we will continue to lift up Tanzania, that we will find the resources to send. Father, malaria is not a tough thing to take care of, not a huge finance, Father. I pray that, God, in these villages where they go and that they that, Father, you'll send medical people along the way just because they've been there and they've worshipped you, Father, that you'll send in teams to come in and cure these problems, Father, that are curable. Jesus, we just praise you. We give you all the honor, but we thank you that they are your hands and feet. Lord, I just praise you for a dream realized in the hope of the nations. Lord, and I thank you that this is just the beginning. As long as, as, long as the ministry has been, been around, Lord, this is still just the beginning. That, Lord, the, the rocks are rolling, and, and they're causing others to move. And, and the avalanche is coming, Lord. The change is coming to the country. Lord, and we just thank you for that. We thank you that, that Jesus, you are the hope for Tanzania. And we know that that hope is going to be realized fully in your name one day. And Lord, I just, I thank you for Jim and Julie. Holy Spirit, I just pray that you would just unlock a new anointing on them, Lord, that, that even greater things are to come, that greater glory is to be had in that country through them, Lord. And I thank you so much that, that they are grace. They are living, breathing grace to that country. And Lord, I just pray that you give them everything that they will always need. Lord, if, if it's external resources or if it's internal strength, peace, Lord, that they will always have more than enough. And Lord, too, I pray for everyone, Lord, in this house and for the other houses that they're, that they're going to be visiting, Lord, that we all take our role as missionaries just as seriously as they have. 
Lord, that, that, that they would have access to all the resources that we have access to. Lord, if, if that be financial, if it's needed, Lord, if that be, be prayer, Lord, if that be whatever it may be, Lord, that, that we are just as ready to give of what we have as they have been as well. Lord, and we just thank you and praise you that you are with them, Lord, and that you are, God, you are watching over them, Lord, and that you're even doing greater and greater things for every day that they spend there. Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just thank you. I pray for an overabundant infilling of joy. Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so I pray that you would just fill them up, Holy Spirit. Just it's time for a tank fill. And we ask that you pour out your joy on both of them. That they would be filled up to the full so their strength would be strong. Lord, we thank you. We pray and ask that the doors would just fly open, that this registration would go without a hitch. Father, we knock that wall down in the name of Jesus. And we pray triumph over that. And we thank you. We glorify you for who you are. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name. As a body, I want us to do something here before we close this prayer time. I just want us all to declare over Jim and Julie right now. And if you would just do that, I'll lead you. You just repeat what I'm, I'm saying, but connect your heart to these words. Stretch your hands out, and let's declare over them God's heart. So let's do this, everybody. We declare, we declare supernatural, supernatural provision, provision for this ministry, for ministry and for this, couple. for this couple. We declare, we declare supernatural, rest, supernatural rest, no stress. We declare supernatural peace. We declare supernatural wisdom. And we declare a supernatural grace over Jim and Julie and over Hope of the Nations. And we declare that our hearts, our hands, our pocketbooks, our pocketbooks. Go, with go with them. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. Amen. Uh, something they didn't share with you that uh, Jim was sharing with me yesterday, I got to look through those plans for the school, and they are professionally done. I mean, just awesome. $1.25 million to build a school there that would probably cost somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to $40 million to, to build here. A big difference kind of thing. They can build it a whole lot cheaper than, than we can here. But we want to partner with them in that. So I want you to pray about that this week. Because when we come back next week, we want to take an offering. That's going to go to Jim and Julie. But I want us as a church to begin to think of how we can help in this area as well. We do support them on a monthly basis. But I think we can do better than that. Because we want to see this nation turned around for the sake of Jesus. All right? So that's your assignment this week, by the way. Pray about that. God will lead you.